Hey guys, I want to talk about a couple of things before we jump into this video. It's going to be an incredible 30 minutes for you. We have Clyde Stackhouse. He's Lexi and I's pastor over five years. Incredible leader, incredible pastor, church planner, entrepreneur. We talk about their business entrepreneurship journey. Towards the end, you're going to absolutely love it. But a couple of things. We have Riverside. We have a code for you. It's Josh15. You're going to get 15% off your subscription with Riverside. If you want to start a podcast, if you want to do interviews, Maybe have an alternative to Zoom if you want to do meetings. They have a new video editor. You can do magic clips is what they call it, short form videos. Go check that out. We have an ebook called Faith and Innovation. Just a free resource for you, honestly, to just add as much value to you on your journey as a leader as we best can. Obviously, this video is on YouTube, any other platform that you can listen to, Spotify, Apple Music, you get it. Make sure to like, subscribe, maybe leave a comment and encourage Clyde on all the wisdom he shared with us. So let's jump into this week's video. Well, guys, I'm super excited to jump into this week's episode of Conversations. I have, honestly, one of my closest friends over the last, I don't know, probably quite some time. I don't even know. It's been that long. Probably five to six years, I would say. Yeah, I was thinking yet. Yeah. Five to six years. I was just talking to Lexi last week. I was like, man, I've we've kind of been dating and together for almost six years. It's like weird because mm. it's like you... You always instantly go to say, I've been married for three, but I'm like, wait a minute. We've been together, though, for almost six years. I was like, good Lord. That's so cool. dude. Well, I'm pumped to have you on Conversations, Clyde. I know we've had literally thousands of conversations, but fun to get behind a camera yeah. and chop it up for 30 minutes. Yeah, it's good. I'm pumped. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I'm pumped to yeah. Yeah, dive in. Conversations. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, and for anyone listening to this, I know that we, we typically don't even do real introductions because I think we just jump in. We just have conversations. And this kind of started the genesis of conversations was I just was sitting maybe three or four years ago and everyone had opinions online, especially in our ecosystem, the faith ecosystem. Everybody's got opinions, but nobody's willing to just sit and have a conversation. And that's where this kind of started. It was, hey, let's let's just get on a camera and let's just talk. I, I want to learn about you. I want to learn about your habits. I want to learn about what inspires you, what gets you going. And then maybe in the midst of our 30-minute conversation, we can find common ground. We can, we can be passionate about the same things and we can also agree to disagree. How do, you, how do you feel like, Clyde, just jumping in even to that, of like, man, you've obviously been in ministry for some time. You've, now you're in entrepreneurship space. Like, do you feel like we're having enough conversations in the church with pastors, like peer to peer with people in our congregations? Yeah, I think, um, I think my hot take is I don't think we're having enough conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of times we, or people in general can shy away cause it can be uncomfortable, right? Like actually having to a figure out what you stand for and figure mm -hmm. out if it's actually something you want to continue to stand for in the midst of a conversation. Cause it's easy just to have like borrowed faith borrowed theology, borrowed belief structures and go like, but wait, do I actually believe that? Mm -hmm. um, and also being able to be a mature enough human Christian believer to hear somebody and go, I don't know if I agree with you, but that doesn't change the fact that I love you. doesn't change mm -hmm. the fact that I want you to win. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think my hot take is no, I, I don't think we embrace the conversations the way we should. Yeah. Well, I, I was funny you say this. I, I would love to hear your opinion on this because Lexi and I have been talking a lot with people in our church about majors and minors. So mm -hmm. I know that you and I have had a lot of conversations about, hey, like, we're not going to major in minors. Like, we're, we're not going to really put a lot of energy into 
miners. One, I, I would love just for me, even just as a selfish friend over here, what are some things that you think we might be majoring in that are minors to God? And on the other side of that, uh, maybe some practical things for a lot of church leaders listen to this podcast, uh, more than more the United States even, of like, man, there, there are things that we just are spending time where he might, might be mm. kind of meetings towards where I'm like, I don't know if God's that in, interested or he, he's not valuing it as much as you are. Yeah. I, I actually think that like your answer, my answer is the, the closing argument right there. I think a lot of times, um, and I'll maybe go into the church space specifically. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really easy to have a lot of like thoughts, opinions, conversations, meetings and passion points um, that are personal, but are not actual like convictional when it comes to scripture. Mm -hmm. And so I think like the, ba I think the basis of a lot of what we should be doing in church, things that we should be valuing. Like, I don't know if we actually pull back the layers and go like, is this the thing we should be fighting for right now? Mm -hmm. To to your point, like majoring in minors. And so don't get me wrong, like, you know, running operations of a church before all that kind of stuff. Like there's a lot of things to figure out, right? Like you have Easter, Easter Sunday, like Super Bowl Sunday, all that kind of stuff. And you're like, we got to figure out all these details and all that. And like, those things are important. Like, don't get me wrong. Like we have a responsibility to steward the people and the things that God's entrusted us with. Mm -hmm. um, but I think like if we actually pulled back some of the layers, I think we can get wrapped up in things that I go like, I don't know if God's as wrapped up in the thing that we just got turned up about yeah. um, as much as we are. And yeah. I think that can look very different in different churches. Um, and I think that's just a side point. Like, I think that's the power and the beauty of the, the body of Christ is mm -hmm. that there are different expressions of like the things that God cares about in different churches. Right. Um, and the older I've gotten, the more I've learned that like, there isn't one way to do church. There isn't mm -hmm. one expression. Um, I, I say this all the time. I'm like, if God in his fullness decided to express himself through three people, um, in what world do we think one church can express the fullness of God? Um, so I'm, I'm right. like, I'm thankful that we have different expressions. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think to that point, like the expression should be attached to the things that God talks about in his scripture. Yeah. Um, and so even as I meet with pastors, I'm like, yo. Like, what's your distinctive? Like, what are the things that matter to your heart? And we mm -hmm. better be able to point the Bible and go like, that's why this thing should matter. Right. Um, and so I think you have churches that are like, man, we want to help the like entrepreneurs and leaders rise. Like it's a leadership mm -hmm. culture. And I go, I can see that in the Bible. Uh, there's a servant leadership culture, you know? Yeah. And, and so I think, I think there's a lot there um, that we could dive into. Um, yeah. In terms of like things, things that are majors versus minors. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I also... I don't know if this is a this is just a thought here, but I think sometimes we actually like you and I like we've we've been we've led in high capacity positions in church where all of our friends are in church. Something that I think about often is, man, am I supposed to care about this? And then why do I feel like I need to transfer it to somebody else on the team? And mm. what that might be is, I, I think that them processing it with me will actually lower the weight in places and spaces where they might not actually need to know all the nitty gritty details of something mm. or even not the nitty, not the nitty gritty details, but the things of, I don't know if we're supposed to be carrying that. And I don't know why we tend to just put things on people uh, that didn't want to carry it. Obviously, Lexi and I had this conversation. I'd love to get your thoughts on it, but it's like, I understand, and we're going to go in a rabbit hole here, and that's beautiful because that's what we do, but like church hurt, 
we, we've all been hurt by the church. And mm-hmm. something that I heard uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr. say this last weekend at Zoe Conference was, man, th- if there's one person who's been hurt by the church more than anyone, it was Jesus. Jesus. He still showed up. And something, something that I, here's a specific thought that I want your uh, opinion on. When you think about people who express their emotions and feelings, which you have every right, they're they're mm-hmm. valid. That does not mean that they're absolute truth. Because it's mm-hmm. your expression. You're sharing your experience. You got to do what you got to do. We get that. And I would say every person, including myself, when I look in hindsight, I said yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at the end of the day, dude, and, I, and this is where I'm going and I want your thoughts. The people that are sharing their opinions, they have YouTube channels, they're doing all this stuff, they're making Facebook mm-hmm. posts. At the bare minimum, you said yes to somebody asking you to do something and serve in the house of God. Bro, yeah, it's, it's actually really funny that you're bringing this up. So uh, I'll give some context to my coming thoughts. But literally last night, my wife and I, we were, um, you know, researching just some churches and just looking at some different stuff somehow fell down the rabbit rabbit trail of um, church reviews. So mm. we were looking at like our church reviews, other churches that like we're connected with. And uh, it, it was just so interesting. Like you, you see some some common threads and themes and there's pieces where I read that. And because I, I have a pastor's heart, there's a layer where I go like, man, my heart breaks for the person that goes like, oh, it just felt so clicky or insert the thing. Like, right? like I was like, people just wanted me to be on their team from day one. And it's a, a skewed perspective. And my wife and I were talking. I was like, man, it's, it's so tough. I was like, because I look at this and I was like, I feel there's two sides of the coin, right? Like to your point, like your feelings are valid. Like this person actually feels that. And I go, the, the part of what we're navigating is people bring themselves, their baggage, their past experience, the church they grew up with, like just their own mental framing that we have no control over. And so there, there's somebody you could literally go, bro, I'd love for you to be on team, but there's no pressure. And that person could walk away going like, I felt manipulated. And if I didn't join team, I wasn't part of the in crowd. And you're right. like, I, I don't like, that's not, that's not what we were like looking to accomplish or bring about in that conversation. Um, but somebody can still walk away from that. And then the devil's advocate is like, but I think we as leaders also have a responsibility to be, uh, I, I think we have a responsibility to the conversations that we're having with people for, for the things in the church. And so, um, like, man, how do I, how do I approach somebody with deep conviction? So I'll just go to like building teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told my wife this, I said, the church I'm a part of, or the church I plan or the church I build, like I better have a deep conviction that like, this is the place somebody should show up and be a yeah. part of. Like if I'm up on a team, like I should have deep conviction going like, you should be a part of this thing. Cause if not, like I'm side tangent, but I'm like, I'm just not interested in being on a losing team. Um, right. Like right. I, I don't, I just don't even think that's like biblical. Like where we like, it's, that's a poverty mindset of like, you're low in spirit, like pick a losing team. Like I, I love the underdog story, but the God I serve is victorious. He's a winner. Yeah. So that's the team I want to be on. Um, and so I have a deep conviction about how do I, how do I steward that? Right. How do I approach somebody and go like, Hey, you should be a part of this. This is life changing. And guess what? I still love you. Even if you don't like, even if you don't join team, I still love you. Even if you don't contribute. Um, Cause I think that's the message of the gospel uh, is where I think about Jesus. He goes, come like, the message of Jesus was that he first came um, and we don't earn our salvation through works, but there is a other side of the coin. After we receive salvation, we have a direct responsibility to put yeah. our faith to work. Um, mm-hmm. And that I think is the responsibility of a leader to activate that into people's hearts and lives. Yes. Um, 
So I don't know if I like fully answered your question. No, it's good. Um, I love yeah, it so much. I, I, yeah. I love it so much. I, I, I just, I mentioned it a, a couple minutes ago, but it, Lexi and I went to Zoe conference and it was a night session, a full day and then a morning session. And there was probably like, I don't know, eight or nine individual sessions. So there's a lot to chew on a lot of information. Mm-hmm. So at, like, as you and I are sitting here, I'm processing some of the things uh, like Rich Wilkerson said, or Earl McClellan, mm-hmm. and just sitting in a room and something you said earlier of like, man, I want to win. Like, I actually want to be a part of a winning team. Something that Earl McClellan said that still gets me said, I'm not trying to have good practices. I'm trying to win games. Like, Bro. I'm, not, I'm not trying to, that. I'm not trying to sit here and just go through the motions do some layup drills here and there, test out the trial team. And I know this is a value of Vu's, but they say we don't practice on people. Like mm-hmm. I we don't. And for 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 me and Lexi, as we're serving in our church and we're having conversation with leaders and pastors, it's like, man, do we do we think of this as a responsibility? And here's where I'm going with this, Clyde. At for excellence is seeing the details and saying, man, this Easter is not Super Bowl Sunday. Every Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. Christmas Eve is great. We know that attendance is going to rise and two weeks later it's going to drop down to our normal attendance. So something that we just talked about this last week in conversations, but I I love your eyes when it comes to excellence. I love your heart when it comes to excellence. Obviously, Lexi and I sat underneath your teaching with excellence. So I think that's where we get where we get it from. But Maybe for the next couple of minutes, talk about, man, why should we care about excellence? Not not even in the church, because there's two kind of buckets here that people mm-hmm. listen to conversation for. I think it, you don't just do excellent church. If you're an excellent person, it's a value mm-hmm. that's within your life, regardless if you're an entrepreneur. If you're, I would assume most 98% of people listening to this are Christian. So let's just put two buckets. Entrepreneurs, church leaders, why should we care about the spirit of excellence. Yeah, love it. Um, I, I've at, be, because it's such a value, I have like very two, I, for me, it's two, two, two specific like prongs. Um, the first is, is God. Um, it absolutely starts with God. Um, da- David says, like, you should work as if it, it's unto the Lord because it is. Um, you know, we have a saying at our church, we go, our, our work is our worship. Um, and so that's why, like, I'm, I'm like, dude, everything that I put my hands to, it, it should be worship unto God. My wife and I, we pray every day and we say that, we say, God, let the things that we touch today be glorifying to you. The way that I work, the conversations that I have, um, uh, because that's ultimately what it is. And so my question for like people that are like, ah, I don't know about excellence. I go like, do you want to bring a half-hearted sacrifice to a God who deserves the best? Mm-hmm. Um, he deserves our best. Um, and don't be wrong, like I, I miss the mark sometimes and there's days where I'm lazy and I don't want to, you know, don't want to bring it all. Um, right. But I think that that's, the, that's where we should set the bar is saying, man, God is worthy of my praise, my full praise. And that includes my excellence. Um, and so on a Sunday, like that means coming prepared. Um, we had a couple over last night that we're doing some like pre-marriage counseling with. And dude, both my wife and I had a long day at work. We were both like trying to put the kids down. But we went, we know that tonight matters and mm-hmm. that we've been entrusted with this conversation. So what does that mean? I'm reading books to prepare. We're prepping questions. We're diving through their scoring and like, how are we going to navigate tonight? Because we know that this encounter matters and that we have a responsibility. And I think like the responsibility is the underlying word to be able to be excellent. And then I think the second side or like the second prong for me is people. 
I think about how this is a scripture verse that I think gets weaponized the wrong way all the time. We're like, well, God looks at the heart. And so God knows my heart. And he knows that even though I wasn't prepared for the set list, or he knows that the product I'm producing is really not that great, but he knows my heart. And so like, it's okay. And I'm going, yeah, but keep reading. Like God looks at the heart, but man looks Mm -hmm. at the outward expression. And so when in the church or in, in your entrepreneurial journey, what are we trying to influence? People. Um, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to influence God. Like my job's not to manipulate God because I can't uh, <laughs> right. go read Isaiah 40. It's very clear. Um, so my job is to influence people and I can do that by carrying an excellent spirit. And so when people walk in the door, when I have an excellent spirit, people go, I'm th- I was thought about, I was cared for. The couple that sat down on our couch, they went, oh, Clyde and Rachel prayed into this moment. Clyde and Rachel prepared for this conversation. Clyde and Rachel are ready to engage with us, which actually opens the door for them to go, oh, cool, because they're prepared, because they prayed, I can be vulnerable. I can be honest. Um, And I think that's the call and the mandate to every Christian and every believer. Um, And I actually think it's, uh, well, this is going to be really strong, but I dare say a lack of an excellent spirit actually is like almost demonic because it combats like the very nature of what God's called us to be. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, tell, I'm passionate about no, this. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's almost funny. The the couple points that I did on last week's solo episode of Excellence was like almost verbatim. So I don't know if I just stole, oh, really? your, stole your note <laughs> from something like a couple years ago, but um, it's so true because it's, man, and I feel like, so the solution in my eyes is leader listening to this. Everything you do, if you can't pinpoint it back to a person, whether that is a, a first time guest, whether that is the person you're trying to sell to, whoever your market is, your team, if they don't understand that, they're not going to actually take the deeper level of excellence because excellence is always attached to a person. And you just said, I'm doing it for God to humanity. And it's our responsibility to, to do that because nobody else is going to do it. Like nobody. And, and I, we just shared a clip on my social of like, man, nobody's going to show up and set up chairs and do it straight. Then we will like, there, mm. we never, we never graduate from caring about the details, which actually means caring about serving in God's house. So, I yep. love that so much. Well, I I do want to jump into kind of pivot here with your your entrepreneur journey. We've had a lot of entrepreneurs on here, and and just kind of obviously seeing from from proximity, you and Rachel kind of walking through this. Like, man, we have a we have a God sized dream. When should we start it? No, it's not yet, but we still have it. We're working in the behind the scenes, and now you now you have a product. Now now you're actually a business. You're you're moving. You're doing things behind the scenes and in front. You have your own podcast. You're do, you're creating content. You're pushing it forward. So talk to me. Uh, just give us an overview of that because I believe hack your finances is absolutely incredible. And yeah, I just love to love to dive into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah, for all the listeners, Hack Your Finances um, really for us was birthed out of a pretty long journey of us just being a part of the church and building a local church and just consistently seeing this like theme and thread around finances, um, both from like a church perspective where you go like, man, how many churches uh, aren't able to accelerate the vision that God's given them, planning churches, campuses, sending missionaries, et cetera, just because there's like just not funding for the vision. So there's like a church component or even just churches closing down because of like the lack of generosity. And then the other component is for the individuals like in the church where I I look at people and I go like, man, God has a freedom over your finances. So that really like birthed in us just a whole long journey of going, man, 
there's a need in this space to serve people and to build a local church through um, finances and like really helping people understand what God's design is. And so Hack Your Finances, we really build online course and content to help unlock that in people's lives. That we go, there is a God design to money and to your personal finances. And it starts with understanding God's word around it. And then there's practical mm -hmm. tools, right? Like I think everybody wants to start with a budget, but we go like, actually you have to start with what your beliefs are. Um, mm -hmm. Like I can give you, there's a hundred budgeting apps out there. Um, but what we're actually missing is a belief system that is attached mm -hmm. to what God's word says. Um, and so, yeah, bro, it's been, it's been a journey of, you know, uh, building and launching, you know, we launched our first couple churches about four months ago, three months ago. And dude, it's, yeah, it's been a wild ride, but I think the thing that's been most exciting for me isn't just the, like, um, you know, being able to throw entrepreneur in the Instagram profile right. or whatever, but cool. really is like hearing, hearing the stories and, mm -hmm. and hearing people going, man, I've taken other finance courses. I won't drop their names. Um, uh, but he's like, you know, I've, I've taken so-and-so's course. Um, I've met with financial advisors. I've done all of these things. And it was in, until I took the hack your finances course that I finally had a fresh revelation of like, wow, I've been living in a poverty mindset and I've been bound up by the fear of money and what I should do with it and where it should go. And for the first time, they're like, I feel free. And I like, I literally like, I read that, like the, them sharing that. And, and I was like, man, God, like, thank you for letting us play a part in serving people in that. Cause that was our prayer. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, help, help break through in people's lives. So. It's so good. And I, I feel like there's, I don't know why, and I'm, I'm sure you have the why. I'm sure this was a thought of just why, why do we have so many opinions in the church about money, about how, how often the pastor should talk about it. But then again, it's probably the number one thing in our world that we care about, we're passionate about, we're, we're scared of. And I want to share mm -hmm. one quote from my pastor, and then I'll let you give feedback on this. He said, the only people who truly have a negative opinion about tithers or people who are generous are not generous. He's like, yeah, my, my pastor has been in ministry for 35 years. And he's like, I've never had somebody who faithfully ties and gives and serves and is generous that they complain about it and mm -hmm. just understand it. So for you, like in your, your conversation with churches and even being in the church and leading, why do, what is that? What is that wall or barrier that people are so, opinionated about it because everyone's like oh my gosh they just want my money but then on the other side of it why do people live in this this spirit of fear with their finances yeah dude great question i think um really what i think about is i think about the scripture where your treasure is there your heart is also um because here's the reality like money's personal money's so personal mm -hmm. um and we know that because of that scripture and so people because it's so personal they that you number one like money is the number one topic you're like people don't want to talk about right. um i have this quote i i have this quote that i read like in this article is like people would rather talk about their sex life than talk about their finances with people and you're like mm -hmm. yo one of those feels more intimate than the other but people are going no no i'd actually i'd rather talk about my bedroom than my pocketbook and you're like that's so startling but it's because money's so personal because i i think it's the reality is is it's the where where we spend most of our time um, there's this great quote in this book and he goes, you spend your life making money. So where you spend your money tells people where you will spend your life. And it was just, it's, it's another version of literally the words that Jesus quoted. And so the moment you start helping direct people and going, Hey, this is how you should spend your life. This is how you should spend your money. Um, people get really tied up and wrapped up about that. 
Um, and so I, I, there's like a whole separate like tangent I could go on, um, which I won't, but I think about like some of the scriptures where it talks about like the God of mammon. And so I think like it's, it's legitimately a God that people serve, that people get wrapped up in. And I don't think they, people realize um, how easy it is for, for, for money to become a God, whether it's status, whether it's the fear of money, whether it's the abundance of it, like, dude, money, money wraps, like it's, it's a topic that people think about mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, and so I think to the point of conversations that you even open with, like, I think it's one of those conversations that people are just scared to have. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a conversation that pastors can be scared to have with people and they're going, man, like, I don't feel like I'm crushing my finances. So how do I talk to somebody about it? Right. Um, or like, I'm, I don't feel super affluent and like that I'm like super financial savvy. Um, but I think this is where, you know, hack your finances and our, our passion and burden is like, man, God's word is littered. It is filled with countless scriptures that talk about how to manage, how to steward, how to live abundantly, what we should do with the overflow, how to be a generous person. Jesus is the model of generosity. So like, I actually think that there's so much, um, in scripture that helps equip people. Um, and I think we gotta be willing to dive into those conversations with people. Um, yeah. and to, to your point, bro, I a hundred percent agree. It's, it's the, the, the person that doesn't know how to live a generous life is scared of the generous conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I would actually dare say, you know, I, I see posts, even to the reviews we read people are like, oh, they just talk about money. And I'm like, yeah, cause it's the number one cause of stress. It's the number one cause of divorce. I hope right. we talk about money. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've, I've said this a lot, but what you can't talk about holds you like what you can't talk about and that doesn't mean finances it could be something there's something that you can't talk about it's holding you and another another quote that I, that I love is generosity breaks the back of greed like you want yep. you have a you have a greed you have this like entitlement be generous and that doesn't mean yeah sure you should tithe you should give but man pay for someone's dinner like yep so so into a friend that is starting a auto detailing company. Hey, I want to give you a thousand dollars. Why? Because God loves you and I love you, man. And that's it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Here you go. That and Lexi and I's journey has helped us so much of like, man, this isn't even mine in the first place. Yeah, sure. I can give to my church and there's a question in this. And also I need to be generous to my friends and I also need to be generous yep. to my tongue. Like I need to be generous because I know what it can do to my heart because it's just i think it's the way god has wired us is man anything that we think we can we can hold or hoard in in our storehouse man we got mm -hmm. we got to get it out so in the midst of this for you like you, you have a lot of conversations you're talking to a lot of entrepreneurs you you even you're a part of a, a pretty large company like what what do you see generosity going to in the next couple of years like we there's people who are coming out with new new systems and new features and all that stuff. And what I love about Hack Your Finances, it's philosophical and practical. So so for you, like, man, where are you guys going? Because obviously, as you guys are building, you're thinking about like, man, where where are people going? And and that's where we're gonna go. Yeah, um, dude, that's a, that's a really big question. I've I've a lot of of thoughts. Um, so I'll try to keep this you know concise. When uh, and I'll maybe talk about it from like the thousandth of you, like a macro kind of perspective, and then I'll drill down into, into heck your finances. But when I think about the future of people, finances, and generosity, um, I think that uh, there's going to continue to be a, a divide between like, I just, the world is in a, is approaching states of disorder. Um, and so 
uh, apart from Christ. And so I actually think that the church is going to, I, I, and I believe this prophetically, I believe over the next decade, that church is going to enter into a fresh season of blessing, flourishing, and expansion. Um, and part of that is finances. I, I absolutely believe it. Um, and so I do, I see that on the horizon in terms of generosity. Um, I think it's going to happen both from a reawakening, like a spiritual real reawakening of how to handle wealth well and be gener generous, um, and not cater to like prosperity gospel, but also not live in a poverty gospel either. Um, so I think that's part one. And then I think part two is technology. Like, uh, we, you know, we could talk about overflow and there's amazing companies that are just groundbreaking in the space of like, how do we create more avenues and mechanisms for people to live generously? Mm -hmm. And I think more specifically, how do people live generously to make an impact? Um, one of the things that's like, that always wrestles on my heart is I go, man, if I believe God's given me the gift of generosity, which means I have seed to sow, like tithe is obedience for me. So like I'm, I'm faithfully giving the tithe. Generosity is me going, I'm sowing seeds into the future. And I believe as a seed sower, as a, mm -hmm. as a farmer, has a responsibility to determine where to plant seed. And so I actually think that part of the future of generosity is churches and nonprofits being able to go, hey, there is a good ROI for you to put seed here. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that matters. Like I, I want to fund missionaries that are making an impact. I want to fund churches and church plants that are making an impact. Um, so I think that that's like from a thousand foot view for me, for hack your finances. Um, I think to your point, it's, it's, it's continuing to break, like further branch out the philosophical and the practical, because I think that there's like, there's head transformation that people need to unlock the God thing in their finances. Mm -hmm. And then I think that there's just like the practical component of like, what are the tools that people need? So I, one of the things I don't want to like, this is, this is vision and, uh, I'm not, the kingdom of God's big. This is the whole thing about prosperity, right? I'm going to share an idea that I have not baked. Somebody can go build it. And, you know, like from a tech, tech platform, I ain't worried about it. Um, but like the thing that burns in my heart is I go, man, how do we lower the barrier to these conversations around finances, equip mm -hmm. people with great teaching and great practical tools? And I'm just going like, man, we live in a day and age of technology where like, why is AI not helping people drive better decision-making because people are scared to go meet with somebody about their budget or their finances, right. but they'll happily throw it into a computer maybe, um, or let a computer help direct them. I'm like, I listen to a computer every day on how to get from point A to point B in my car. Why don't mm -hmm. we do that with our finances? Right. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know yeah. what I'm, where I'm going. Like here's my finances. And like, I think the power of technology and the power of AI is going to unlock that where people can have clear next steps. Um, that, uh, I think are actually like really specific for people because everybody's financial journey is different. Um, so this is like one of my core beliefs wrapping this tangent, but one of my core beliefs is I go like per finances are personal. I think everybody's looking for like a cookie cutter approach. And so people are like, should I buy or should I rent? And I'm like, that's not actually a binary answer of yes or no. That's a question specific to the individual and the couple. Um, right. And so, yeah, I could go down that whole tangent, but I think that that's like, for me, the future yeah. of like, how do we put all this together to ultimately equip people to live and be generous, faithful mm -hmm. stewards with the thing that God's entrusted them to lead to impact for the kingdom of God. So mm -hmm. there's like lots of stair steps from where no, we're at today to where I want to go. But Well, it's beautiful. And I, I'm just excited for all the leaders and pastors that are listening to this to practically, yes get hack your finances one do it 
We'll put it in the description. Just do it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. Uh, and the other side of it is, man, let's do a better job of pinpointing the impact the people attending our churches are giving. So yep. I heard I heard somebody say this one time. You're not giving to the church. You're giving through the church. And mm. yep. for us as leaders in the church, we got to do it's our responsibility not to do the like, yeah, sure. Do your financial breakdowns, do all that, whatever. I'm saying at a coffee, I'm saying at a leadership night, make it intentional and pinpoint it to this is the impact you're making. Because I see that all the time in business and these conversations we're having with businesses. It's like, man, your team's burnt out and they don't know what they're doing and because they don't know the impact they're making. It, it turns into a job, which turns into religion, which turns into, I guess I just won't do it anymore because... I'm not seeing the fruit. And and we say, yeah, just give because God has told us and commanded us to. Yes. And it's our responsibility to be good stewards of what he's doing in the house. Yeah, 100%. Sorry, I need to jump in on this because I'm so passionate about like, I think in in the effort to like create better Christians, and I say that like in quotations, in an effort to do that, I think we've removed the fact that like we are still working with human beings that are mm -hmm. human. And so I think to that point, we're like, look, like people shouldn't have to be swayed or moved to like do the right thing. And I go like, uh, do you not think Nehemiah moved people's hearts, mm -hmm. both in the practical and in the spiritual to rally, to build a wall? Like, I, I I'm just like, I, I stuff the opinion of like, yeah. just people should just like grab a hold, like, cause the Bible says it. And I'm like, no, like we have responsibility to influence people as mm -hmm. leaders, as, as pastors, as yeah. as church members. And so oh, I love um, it. Dude. It's so good. Well, I, I'm seriously so privileged and honored that you're on today. It was so much fun. I know that you and I could probably have like a 14 hour Joe Rogan yeah. style podcast, but uh, yeah, seriously. So thankful. How can people find Hack Your Finances? What, who, who are you like, because we're, I think in 55 different countries. So like practically, how can people find you? Obviously we'll put it in the description as well, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say a couple layers to that. You can go to hackyourfinances.cc um, is our website. So you can kind of check out, you know, some of the overview and information around our courses and, you know, being able to equip people. Um, for people that are like, yo, I just want to love to learn more generally about finance and, you know, what does God's word say about it? Some practical tools. Um, check us out on, uh, we have podcasts, just hack your finances kind of everywhere we're streaming. You can find us there. Um, and then lastly, if you're wanting to, you know, hit me up DMS, all that kind of stuff, you can go through the website or Instagram, uh, hack your finances, love to, to connect. So, well, great. It's so much fun. Seriously. I'm excited. You gotta, we gotta get Rachel on a podcast, bro. I'm work. I'm working on it. It's I've, I've <laughs> asked her three times. She's like, I don't want to, I don't want to, but it's coming. But hey, that's all dude, right. yeah, man. Thank, thank you so much for, for having me on the podcast, bro. I, I, I love what you're doing here and conversations and areas outside of conversations. Cause I know bro, you're impacting hundreds and thousands of lives. And so bro, I just say, thank you for being a faithful steward to the thing that God's put in your hands um, and continuing to, to be faithful because uh, starting something's easy, um, mm -hmm. continuing something's harder and dude, you've been faithful. So yeah, appreciate thank you. you.